Ladies and gentlemen, well, let's be real. It's only gentlemen listening to this, and we can't even call them gentlemen. Welcome to Bums on the Bench. What's going on, guys? Josh is here. Jack isn't here yet. He will be on later. Yeah, we're doing a a little bit of a weird one today. Uh, Unfortunately, our schedules do not allow us to actually all film together, so we're actually doing a stagnated uh, interview-type deal. So it will be a one-on-one between Andy and I. And uh, then there'll be a one-on-one between me and Jack later in the episode. And I don't know. I feel like it still can work. Like, yeah, because we're gonna have words from our sponsors in between. Yeah, and let's be honest, you and I are gonna cover different things. Like, we, we'll probably all be talking about the fi- grand final because that's that's what we're here for. But yes. you and I can focus on a couple other things. And then you guys can uh, do a couple other things. And I, I view it, it's gonna be good. Yeah, it'll work, especially as we know this will be our last episode for a little bit. Yes. So at the end of the Jack and Me segment, we'll probably go into a little bit more detail about it. Yep. But this is the final episode of Bums on the Bench Season 1. How good. I feel like it's been a really, really good season, like, looking back on it. It's been fun. We, we, we might, you know, I'm thinking we might have to do a little bit of a recap, see any any dumb takes, any funny takes. Oh, the there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of dumb takes. They're all from Jack, but there's a lot of dumb takes. So we might, we might give you a little special, maybe in the future, give you a little bit of a... Highlight reels, just so you can hear all the fun things that's been said over the season and recap and uh, lead us on to season two. It's called a teaser for season two. Teaser <laughs> for Caesar. Let's go. Anyway, we are, what, a week and a bit out from the grand final now? Like, it's happened. Yep, we've Depre- all- <laughs> The depression gone yet? No. <laughs> no, neither. Not, not in the slightest. I, I, was, I was heartbroken. I'm not going to lie. I figured out what the issue was. That it was Broncos game to lose? No. So you know how that in The Simpsons, the evil Krusty doll has the good and evil part? Yeah. So Cleary was clearly set to Panthers and not New South Wales and rep, rep sides. Yep. Yeah. If he had been set to the rep sides, what he did in the second half, no chance of happening. They literally flicked a switch somehow. In yeah, the and he just, he just turned on. It's probably the greatest halfback performance by a halfback in a grand final ever. And we can't excuse the final try. Like no, the, we can't. The real nail in the coffin, Cleary doing Cleary best. Same spot he won it, I think, two years ago against the Rabbits too. He just has this knack, like the vision. I mean, everyone talks about it. You hear it all the time from every commentator. You hear all of them saying there is something going on in Cleary's head that he sees that no one else sees, and it's it's apparent. Yeah, it just it's just really unfortunate that it only happens for Penrith. <laughs> he gets picked for New South Wales and he goes into a shell and does nothing. I want to focus on that. This man is considered a genius at football, but then he puts on a Blues jersey and it's like, oh, all the talent just got sucked out of him. <laughs> because I know, I, I think definitely, and we, we've covered this extensively, it's a personality clash, 100%. When you have all those big names that aren't going to fall immediately under him and he's not going to receive the same way he's going to be received at Panthers... He'll, he'll have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I, I feel like that that really showed in the three State of Origins this year. doesn't matter. Like, the performance overall, he, he was a fine player, especially compared to how we've been acting. Um, I'm looking at our backpack. Um, yeah. But, you know, he... Yeah, he, he just didn't have the same fluidity. I think, as terrible as it sounds, I don't think the trust in his teammates was there that he has in Panthers. And it's not something that you can just immediately build. And it will actually be to his detriment if he's not going to be a, a bit more of a playmaker rather than a, a 
superstar. I get that, but when you look at that New South Wales team, you got Yo as the link player. He's a Panther. You had Luai for the first two games where we lost as his six, and he had Toto out on one wing. He had Coruscant as well as the the feeder giving him, who doesn't play for the Panthers now, but has been in that oh, Panther yeah. system. But who did he pass off to majority of the time? That isn't Panthers. Like that that's a thing. Yeah, might, I get that. He, so he doesn't have the, the forward pack behind him or anything. Yeah, I get he, that. And he doesn't like you know what? Hot take, not really a hot take. A lot uh, and a lot of the backing behind Cleary is having Dylan Edwards there always. He yeah. like, you can do so much and you can take so many risks knowing that you know what? Dylan Edwards is somehow going to appear and he's gonna take it. Even if they pass it up to the left, take it out um to Luai. Um, and then he passed it out along the line. You still know there's going to be that really f- strong foundational player that I think when Cleary doesn't have that it, subconscious belief and knowledge within him, I feel like he's a bit more reserved in passing off to other players because he, it, it might sound rude, but he might not view them as skilled as his team, so he might not trust them. Hey, I don't blame you with who he was passing off to out the back this season. Mm. He didn't have a good season leading into Origin, Teddy. I yeah. love Teddy. Like I'm, I'm the first to admit, if it wasn't for Teddy turning it around in the second half of the season, Roosters weren't going anywhere. Teddy sort of turned it around, but Teddy stifles defense. Yep. No, stifles the attack, I should say, because what he does is he runs up, dances around the line, and then gets tackled. He used to be quick enough to dance around the line, get a tackle bust, get the ball off to a quicker furler 30 meters down the road. Yep. Yeah, but he's he's lost a step. Because he's 30-something, you know? Like, you do get slower. Unfortunately so. And he, he has never been one for the second phase plays. Like, he, don't get me wrong. He's no, great no. at doing a pass off to the back. Teddy, Teddy's good with second phase when he was quick. <laughs> yeah, because I guess he could still run around <laughs> and find it, the gap, then pass it off. But the second phase needs to occur to create those gaps. He can't create them himself now. So I know. He's got to do the fort. Anyway, I think that is not reminiscent. Of the game that we watched, though. No, because I think Ezra Mam came out of his shell something fierce in that game because Reynolds was very... I don't want to say he wasn't part of the game, but Reynolds had a shocker in regards to... Well, in comparison to Cleary. Yep. I think Reynolds had a shocker compared to Cleary, unfortunately. Do you think that's his age, though, as well? Like, what you're saying... No, because experience... He was one of the most experienced players on the Broncos. He should have been more aware... There were points where he should have known to kick ahead on the fourth or the third because pe- people were out of position and he would have got a bit more ground for the uh, Broncos. Um, I nearly said the Rabbits then. They, they, I think he even did that at one point too when they scored the try on the left um, when they were running downfield. Yeah. Um, he, what, who was caught? I think it was Dylan Edwards actually caught out of position still yeah. around the um, try um, posts and they managed to get out to the left straight through. Yeah, I know. Like It's just little things like that. Like It just seemed like Reynolds didn't live up to the occasion that we all thought he would. Mm. Reynolds is a great footballer. Broncos have been one of the most entertaining teams to watch this year, and I hate saying that because I hate the Broncos. <laughs> but at the same time, I much would have rather have seen the Broncos win than the Panthers go three in and a row. They were going to win. It was their game to win. And the, it was actually their what, game to what, lose. Yeah, like what was it, three tries in a row? So Ezra Mam put on a hat trick in about five minutes. And that breakthrough from Reese Walsh as well when you were going downfield and go down the left. What was it? He, there was a gap out in between, I think, the center and Luai. Yep. And he just straight through. Man fucking gunned it. 
And, yep. and like, you felt the electricity from Broncos. I like, I know, you know, it was a Sydney game. Panthers have a really strong fan base, but I felt like the electricity of that match was for Broncos. I think everyone who wasn't a Panthers fan was going for the Broncos in that game because... Back to back to back. No, because I think that there is an inherent boringness in dominance. Mm, yes, absolutely. That's what I mean by like back to back to back. Yeah, there's an inherent boringness. It's like, oh, here we go again sort of thing. So when they were down, what, 24-8, I got a bit more excited. Yeah. I'm like, holy fuck, they're going to get crushed. But no, Cleary's like, hold my beer for a second. <laughs> I need to make sure we spray the champagne at the end of this match. Wendy's second Clive Churchill medal off the back of, what was it, 18 mil- minutes of brilliance? Yep. Like, but, so if if I recall my timeline correctly, it was three unanswered tries from uh, from Broncos. Yes, it was, and then somehow three unanswered tries straight back from Panthers. Like, yep. defense is key, and everyone can reiterate it. You get the classic saying, "Defense will win you a grand final." Yep, and it just proves that if there's one huge flaw in the brilliant offense of Broncos, is that they've put all their marbles into it. Yep, and there's one more thing I want to point out before we move on from the grand final. I don't remember who it was, but who gave away the penalty in the first half to give them the kick? Because that person should be kicking themselves because they only lost by two fucking points. I actually can't remember who it is. I can't remember um, who gave away the penalty that gave them the, the penalty kick. Yep. But that that's the that's where they lost the game. Um, well, actually, they lost the game by letting three fucking unanswered tries in at the back end of the game. But also... Guy let in the penalty. It was probably a stupid penalty too. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look it up. Uh, I, I genuinely can't remember. It's killing me. It's not Haas or Clydesdale, was it? Yeah, no, it was. It was Haas. Payne Haas was cited for the grade one incident on Nathan Cleary 10 minutes into the match and entered an early uh, guilty plea. If, if that's the one that you're thinking of, because I remember it being early on as well, right in front. Yeah, it was a kick right in front. Hold on, look, I'm going through the fucking... Penalty to... It was Adam Reynolds gave away the penalty. Oh, okay. It just says penalties other. Yep. And 28-20, uh, shot made. Cleary puts it up 8-0. Okay, so there we go. Yeah, right. whatever that was, whatever that penalty... Because it says other. I don't know I what it is. it was a lazy arm. Was it back chat? Like, fuck. What, no. what, who puts other? Yeah, like... Oh, but like... Well, but especially when all these other penalties have, like, high shots and stuff. <laughs> fuck, maybe so. a late tackle. Maybe... Tripping, I don't know. It feels like it's it's something important if it's uh it says penalty other. Like it's probably something that sticks out. It it could be, or it could be so inconsequential that like how do we define this? But yeah, like Adam Reynolds giving away that penalty right in front. It, it, but you know what? In when you think about it as an overall match, yes, they did lose by two points, but it didn't affect the momentum, and I think that's why the, the giving away the penalty, especially at the start was not as, you know, detrimental to the entirety of the game as it was, as the faulting of their defense when it, they needed it the most. And that can't be understated, that it looked like they lost all morale. They were just letting through tackles. Um, and, yeah, I think... It was like they were out on their feet. They played 70 instead of 80 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it was... Not the first try that was let in. After the second try, that was when they looked, oh, fuck, here we go again. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't look like they were going to hold on. They were winded. They were very much winded, and it was the two quick back-to-back tries from Penrith. Yeah, and it, yeah, you know how it is, especially because I think there was a 
and already in between. Oh, the there probably was. was. Let's be real. You, you get all momentum. You get puffed out from nonstop defense, especially your line, holding it through. Everyone's always going to make a break, especially when you have Panthers that are just going to continuously attack, attack, attack at the same spots, waiting till you make a mistake. And yeah. they did. Yeah. And, but you know what? Hats off to Panthers. Uh, you know, still didn't really want them to win, but there's a lot of other teams I wanted to win less than Panthers. I hope this cuts their salary cap. They they can't. Like there's no there's no way, way this team can stay together much longer. There's They're, no way. They will keep they will keep the big ones like at all costs. You can't keep all the big ones though. Cuz you got to you got to consider it like this. If you look at the open market, Luai's going to command about a million, maybe 900,000. They can offer him 7. Yep. Dylan Edwards is just re-signed, but he if he went on the open market Easy million dollars. They would never give him up. He is the He's one. He's the one they need. To I am convinced will never leave Panthers. Yeah, I'm convinced Clary will leave once his dad goes. What is there a timeline on this? Like, I've, I've no, I don't think there is a timeline. But let hypothetically here, let's say the Panthers go on a bit of an injury crisis few years. Yep, they don't make the finals a couple of years in a row. Even though we know Nathan Cleary's this golden coach for some reason, He's you mean Ivan. Yeah, Ivan. Yeah. I'm talking about the coach here. Oh, no, you said Nathan. I meant to say Ivan. <laughs> anyway, fucking, you go on like three years, You maybe Nathan goes out for a season. You know what I mean? Maybe Edwards tears his ACL. You know, these are freak accidents. But Cleary can't coach a team that's full of shit. That's the thing. Cleary can't coach. He tried to coach the Tigers, and what happened there? He hopped off the bus and went straight back to Penrith. You need years of building replanning what they had for him to come in to have the success. Don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying anything that he's done because he's clearly formed a fantastic team. He has. But he had the pre, you know, things working in the background. You have these, you know, juniors being trained, come up, mm-hmm. getting ready for this, understanding the pressure, what their role is. And it, it, it flourished. Yes. It just shows what happens when you do it right. But if you do it wrong, obviously things are going to detriment. And I think... It will. It would be a bigger test of Cleary as a coach to deal with a three-quarter strength Panthers team to see what how they're going to manage under the pressure. I don't think a three-quarter Panthers team. I think you lose Edwards for a season and you lose Cleary Nathan for a season. If they lost those two for one season due to freak injuries in round one and two, that would be that would be Ivan's mantle up against like Robbo Bennett. And Bellamy, because Bellamy and Robbo and Bennett have all shown through adversity they can come through and do things no no other coach could even dream of. Like, fuck, how many seasons has Robbo gone through injury it, riddles? I was about to say, was it last year or the year before? When 2020, was, when we were going for our three-peat and we had injury galore. Was that the same year that Knights were, like, also going through the worst injury roster yep. of their life? Yeah, that is the bad year. I remember, I remember you guys saying, we might not have an 18th man. Yeah, and we still made the finals. Yeah, and I, I that that will be, you know, God, there's no chance that it, all these cards can fall in the right way to make it a shitstorm for Panthers. But if it did, if it did, it's gonna be cracks showing. And I think come next year, especially by losing Crichton, that's that's their biggest loss. You know, Crichton's playing six for Samoa. Oh, good on him. That's fucking sick. 
I, I don't know how you'd go at six. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> man's been a center. He's gone to the fucking dogs to play fullback too. I reckon he'd do great at fullback. I don't know if he'll do good at fullback. I, he's got you the defense. He does have the defense, but there's a difference between defending on the right edge or the left edge and defending at fullback. But so Latrell proves that every time he runs out in the field. Yeah, yeah but we, there's <laughs> there's about a an overhanging difference <laughs> between <laughs> maybe about sixteen beers. <laughs> yes, there's about sixteen beers difference between Crichton, who has the stamina of an actual fullback. Yes, and then. Fucking Latrell, who has the stamina of a center. I'd say he's got the stamina of a prop these days. No, nah, man. I've seen props run. They can go pretty good. Yeah, I know. Lindsey Collins was the second best fullback at the Roosters. Fucking um, Talakai went True. from front row to a center because of that man's stamina. Like, Latrell, unfortunately, the gut's killing the blood. Yeah. Um, but I think because of that, Crichton will actually flourish as a f- fullback, and I'm excited to see how they're going to do it. But just dogs. Anyway, let's talk cricket. Fuck yes, let's go. Let's the first thing I want to talk about. Australia's not playing great. We didn't go too well against uh, against India. Nah, but did you expect us to? Ah, uh, yes, I expected us a little bit, um, and we just did not bring it to the table. I didn't think we were going to beat India. Can't be honest. I didn't think we were going to beat India in India. Even even being a one day, yep, didn't think it was going to happen. Oh, fair. What, why? I didn't think we had acclimatized to the batting conditions. We've just come from South Africa, which is a completely different box of frogs when it comes to batting conditions. Yeah, especially with the dryness of the field over exactly. And I think we were going to get torn apart by the spinners. And what happened? We got torn apart by the fucking spinners. Yep. And like, uh, and I don't think our batting depth is as good as what everyone says. No, there, I said it. They they won by six wickets and we were fl- floundering as a team. Yeah, we I lo- we I checked twice throughout the night. Yep. First time I checked, we were down three and we had fuck all runs. And I was like, oh, yay. I came back just before I went to bed, checked it again, and went, oh, we're not winning this. Because yeah. India were only like one down and like halfway to the damn total. <laughs> yeah, and considering the fact that I'm pretty sure Starkey was one of our bigger run. Like, yeah, that's not a good d- like. And you know what? I feel validated. Why? I want you to have a look at Mitchell Marsh. Yeah, duck. <laughs> great. Yeah, great. Fuck you, Mitchell Marsh. <laughs> why? Why? Why you guys hurt me with this? No Kawaja. Labuschagne's kind of. Well, not- Kawaja doesn't play one days for Australia anymore. No, and it breaks my heart. I know like he, that man. I don't think he wants to. No, I can't blame him. He's, he's old. He he's just a test. He doesn't want to be out there like fucking doing that. Um, also, I just want to say that uh, Warner, 41 or 52, told you he was going to stay in the team. Just because he has one good game, and in the grand scheme of things, it's not that great. He was the second highest scorer in our damn team. 41 still, Andy. Yeah, 41. 46 for Smithy. Yeah, you know what? I am having a go at him, too. One, I'm having two, a go at all of them. Three, four, five, six. Like six, six wickets to spin. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna say you know, Maxwell gets a pass. Maxwell, uh, no, because I watched when Maxwell came out. I watched for the first like five balls, and he was going for it. Yeah, man was a bit aggressive, but he had to be because we needed him to be, especially after Marsh and Smith um going out like that. But I, I just, man's got to slow down. Yeah. This is not T20. This is you know I know he plays 
one days, and I know you know he's got a lot of previous experience, but this is not T20. I get that, but when he came to the wicket, there was. I want to say it was like the 30th over. We hadn't scored many runs. So it was either go hard or get out. Because if we just plotted along, we weren't going to get more than what the 199 we did get. Mm. And I mean... Like 199 of 49.3. That's not a winning total in the slightest. Especially when we just mm. get put in our place by one particular very famous batsman that nobody can stand unless you're from India. Oh, you mean King Kali? Yep. I think Rahul put us to the torch as well. Uh, yeah, he did. But 97 not out of 115. I think he's... But you know they're not going to mention Rahul. They're going to no, they're, they're immediately gonna go for King Kali. I know. I like, I understand that, but at the same time, it's like... Ah. And also, what the fuck were our pitchers doing? We had to get a three-peat off Hazelwood just to have a, some sort of contentious chance and no one else could do anything. Like, clearly... Fast-paced bowling is not the aim of the game. No, it's not. So what, we had three from Hazelwood and Stark got a first ball duck for Kishan. Mm. Where's Gaz? <laughs> Gaz has been injured. He's actually back in the country now. I actually... No way. Enough, I spoke to him last week. Dude, why did you not tell me this? That's fucking sick. Oh, it was just himself being Gaz. Just like, yeah, mate, just trying to get ready. They call me, I'll go over. I hope that they was call just, him. I, I think, think they will. I think they'll save him for the test summer because that's more important. He's meant to be playing, I think he's playing in South Australia this week at the Shield. Maybe right. not. I think that's going to be his first game back. Yep. But I think by the time he's going to be good to go, it's not worth it. No. Unfortunately. Oh, yeah, you needed him now. Yeah. Zampa is, look, I hate Zampa. But <laughs> at the same time, I, I recognize Zampa has talent. And he's a great spin bowler. Exactly. I, I, I don't like Zampa the person, but Zampa the bowler, I mean, he, he can do the job. Like, I mean, just, just look how he did for Renegades. Man literally caused one of the biggest controversies of 2023 with the shit he pulled. I know. I, I, I really think he's got time to shine and he's got room. He's a young player. Man, man's got... You know, quite a few years. I'm going to say at least six years under him to still play. Here's what I think. So we don't play until Friday night. So we play. Oh South. No, he's 31 years old. Never mind. Yeah, no, he's old. I I was thinking he was like 27. No. My bad. So we we come up against South Africa on the 12th. So that's tomorrow. Tomorrow night, seven seven thirty p.m. We got South Africa. That's South good. Africa are just coming off. A record-setting ton of 428 was against Sri Lanka, but oh, wouldn't that? You can't. You might as well just throw that data out at this point. He might as well. They might have got uh, 500 against the Windies. They might have, but I'm just saying. Like, I don't like that we're coming up. We just played South Africa, and they look like shit. And now they're going to probably beat us tomorrow night if we don't pull our finger out of our ass. So, Josh, my question to you is: How do you save? the Australian men's cricket team after this defeat from India. Ask Pakistan what the fuck they're doing. Ask Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I honestly, man, I just think you you got to talk to a team that knows the area. If, if I'm being honest, we need to invest more heavily on our spin bowlers. We need to understand the fact that we're, we're playing to a different standard out here. And we need to get rid of some of our batsmen. And I think we need to bring in some new guns, which we don't have. So to answer your question, honestly, Andy, I don't think we can. 
Okay, well, let's just look at the squad right now yep. as it stands. So, in the team, we've yep. got Cummins, Abbott, Carey, Green, Hazelwood, Head, Inglis, Labuschagne, Dumbass, Maxwell, Smith, Stark, Stoinis, who's injured, Warner, and oh, Zampa. I want Inglis in for Marsh. You want in, you want a wicketkeeper in for Marsh? Yep. I wouldn't put Inglis in. Two. No, I want him in for Marsh. You know why? Because he, man's an all-rounder. So is Marsh. And Marsh Josh Inglis is a wicketkeeper. Yeah, but I thought he still could bat as well. He can bat, but he can't bowl. That's an all-rounder. Okay, sorry. That's <laughs> like, he, he's... He's like Alex Carey, basically. Yeah, I yeah. And I liked Carey. I like Carey still. Um, he here's my my change. Dump Green, put Abbott in. You know what? I can't. I can't. Refute I think well. Abbott would be a better better chance than Green at the moment. Do we want to replace any of our bowlers and bring Stoinis in? Stoinis is injured. That's the oh, only man. reason he's not playing. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd replace Marsh with Stoinis. <laughs> Every <laughs> recommendation I have. Oh, yeah, he's injured, by the way. Well, actually, no. You know what? Travis Head, if he's good to go, let's bring him in instead oh, of Marsh. Oh, hell yeah. I'm happy to bring Head in. Because he can play. He can open. He can open. Yeah. I don't like the team we took over there. I think we're no. missing something. I think I think we're missing a second spinner, like a, a dedicated spinner. How can you go to India without two dedicated spinners? Gaz, why the fuck are you injured, bud? <laughs> We'll blame the ashes. <laughs> but why Why don't we have, you know, Todd Murphy or Kuhneman, fucking I mean, you Schwepsen. know why well, we don't have any of them. Schwepson. You, you and I, both in good faith, believe that Cricket Australia went to them and asked them. And they probably said no because they're like, actually, nah, I'm pretty good just playing Big Bash. And like T20s. But they're not playing that at the moment. They're playing Shield and One Day is in Australia. Doesn't matter to them. They just want the lucrative money. No but they get the money if they went over there. They're not making that much. It's like the average, on average, playing Shield and One Day is in Australia, you get your 30K. Yeah, but then they don't have to go over there. They don't have to prep for it, be in the country. They can start doing other things. They still got family matters. And a lot of them, like, they've discussed this. We've discussed this. Players don't want to play in fucking long games anymore. It's not the way cricket's going at the moment. I know, it? but this it's one day. Is one day is better than five days? Yeah, and that, but how long are you over there for? How long is the tour? Like, oh, it's it's pretty. The finals long. the November nineteenth. Yeah, so like you're over there for like over a month, nearly two. Yeah, I know, but also like the prestige of playing for your country, and that's if you were to make the final. By the way, the last game we are scheduled to play in is November eleventh. I know that's a long time, and that's a month from now. Even if they didn't ask him, you could tell they're pretty set in their team. Because do you see Australia ever changing its teams much? Whenever we could do anything, but I just think we need a second spinner. Like we're in India, we were we played three spinners and a fast bowler in a Test match over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the cracked pavement really helped us. Yeah, like a second spinner to take the pressure off Zampa would be good. I know Maxwell can spin it. I know Travis Head can bowl pies that sort of spin. We all know fucking Steve Smith's the greatest leg spinner in the country. Um, <laughs> and we've also got Marnus, the second best leg spinner in the country, playing for us as well. But at the same time, we need more than just that. <laughs> I broke Josh. <laughs> He's just got that rough edge on his leg. I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I know. Um, 
I, I I'm a little bit worried about our chances. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna make. I think we if we make the semis, it's gonna be solid fourth, baby. Yeah, I don't. Who's winning? I can't go past India. I really can't go past India in India. I'm gonna say the Black Caps. Black Caps will be in the final, but I think it's India Black Caps. And like in England in 2019, the home country will just get over the Black Caps. Yeah, but I don't want to see that. So I don't want to see I'm that either. Bury my head in the sand, and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going for Australia Junior, baby. Going for Australia Junior. Yep. If I can't support us, I can at least support them. Fair enough. But um, I believe that wraps up our sec uh, section of this. We got one more thing to talk about real quick. And it's the news you told me at the start of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, apparently, there's been a stand-down in the lightweight division for the UFC in Abu Dhabi. Oh, yes. In the loveliest news you'll hear this side of Australia, um, it turns out that there may have been a pullout in the light heavyweight fight being replaced by the one and only gorilla man himself less than two weeks before the scheduled fight and for the fucking title. Can Volk do it? Yep. Well, it's it's in. Olivier out. Alex Volkanovsky in yep. against Islam. It's been announced by UFC four hours ago. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. That's where I got my info from. And just wow. Two weeks to come up against the guy that took Volk to the limit. And mind you, he might have been under a little bit of a training and whatnot. Comes off a of surgery. Comes off a new kid, has almost no time to be in a full camp, has to go to Abu, da- um, Abu Dhabi, firstly, get his sleeping schedule back in order, mm. then do fitness training, and make sure he's ready for the fight. Like, he's got to be in one of the best mental headspaces of his life, or we're going to have issues. Look, I don't see Makachev Volk 2 being as good as Makachev Volk 1 now. This, this is a, a match that I've been begging for since that first match because that first match went to the wire, was fucking awesome. And I thought Volk probably had him going into that last round. And now with all the mitigating circumstances, if Volk pulls the unthinkable out, this will be the greatest UFC victory in all time. Warilla will lose their minds. There will be riot police down there that night. I'm pretty sure Warilla will come become famous if Vogue wins. It will be put on the map. They'll be like, Sydney. Warilla. Melbourne. Warilla. <laughs> These are the place of the greats. We're going to have to say we're about 20 minutes north of Warilla from now on. <laughs> Instead of being like, oh, we're about an hour south of Sydney. No, we're 20 minutes north of yeah, Warilla. Like, no, just be like, oh, yeah, I come from Wollongong. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I know Wollongong. That's nice. They'll be like, oh, yeah, that's um, that's near Warilla, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> near Warilla. That's where Volk's from. <laughs> Look, I don't think it's a good idea. I'll fucking love the fight. It's going to be dope. Oh, I'm going to watch the hell out of it. It's going to be a good fight, but fuck, I've, it's going to be insane. We can only hope. But you know what? Hats off to Vogue. Man, if you pull it off, I'll... I don't know. I'll, I'll start saying I'm from Marilla. Yeah, I'll start telling people I'm from Marilla just so I can be like, yeah, I might know Volk. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, I, I can't wait for this fight. What is it, like, next Sunday? Next Sunday, October 21st. Oh, boys. Nothing's been done that day. UFC is on. Let's be honest. What, what time do you reckon it's going to probably be on for us? Oh, Because it's in no. Abu Dhabi, so it's a bit... Different. 
I booked myself into work total tat. I'm going to have to swap that off. I can't. I can't. I'm busy all next week. Andy, what have you done, lad? I've got to do... Oh, shit. Shit. This is not... I'm going to have to watch it at home. Yeah. While I'm working. Yep. You're going to have to have it on. I'm just going to have to... Because I can't get out of work now. No. Fuck. I wish I could see the future. I wouldn't have put myself into work. I wouldn't have done this trivia thing. No one could have, like, you know... Eddie had Arena. Live on pay-per-view, 2 p.m. our time. So does... Is That's literally... When I start, I start two o'clock that afternoon. Now, does the cards start? Main at 2 card PM? kicks off at two p.m. Okay, so it's clearly a like normal fight nights, which means they would have it a weird time over there, then, wouldn't they? I don't know because that that's the same time that we usually get when it's in Vegas. What time? Let's do time conversions at Abu Dhabi. So it is currently ten fifty. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> they are starting at like at seven a.m. Fuck. <laughs> this is what I was thinking. I'm like, nah, they're going around America, so it's gonna like if it's two p.m. for us, it's a weird time over there. Actually, that. Actually. Mm. Was it? Did I read that off the UFC website? Because if so, so is it? It's Islam. Vulcan no, Islam. no, no, dude. There's no way they wouldn't have it at 2 p.m. Uh, Australian time because that would be, what, like nearly 9 p.m. in Vegas. Like, that's prime time. Mm. I just want to see what it is. Nope. It's on at an even worse time for us. Oh. 5 a.m. I can watch it. I just got to get up. <laughs> Bro, this is great for me. I normally get up at 5 a.m. Yeah, like it's a 5 a.m. fight as a kickoff. Bro, so that'll I, be, it'll be on at 7. I, I will get up at 5 and I'll just sit there and watch the entire thing. This is going to be sick. Actually, I'm actually really happy for this. <laughs> yeah, like that actually, that's better. Yeah, that means you can watch it too. I can watch it live. Let's go. All right. So we'll be back for a five-minute segment uh, after the fight just to be like, woohoo. Oh, boo. Oh, boo. <laughs> Well, we won't be there if we're booing. So if you see an episode, you know what happened. Yeah, Volk won. So um, we'll be back after a few messages from sponsors with Jack instead of Josh. But thanks for joining us this year, Josh. I just want to say I had a great, great time. Really loved it and I'm really excited to see where we're going. Hopefully our listeners out there can stay patient, wait for us when we finally come back. It'll only be like two months maybe that we're off, but it'll be two months of intense prep. Yeah. Like once that, you know, we got Big Bash coming through, we got the NBL coming through, we got NBA. American Sports coming through. We will have a lot of content. We will. And it's going to be great. And trust me, if you're sick of cricket, you're going to hate me soon. Bye, guys. See ya. Today's episode of Bums on the Bench is brought to you by Water. Water. Go drink some. It's delicious. Today's episode is also brought to you by Formula Bums, the F1 podcast that has an Australian kick to it. Listen to all our previews, reviews, podcast episodes on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasting needs. Finally, this episode is brought to you by Bread. Welcome back. Bums on the Bench continues, and now we have the other host has finally rocked up two days late. 
It's Jacko. <laughs> I'm back. It's been busy. Life's bloody busy at the moment, man. It is very busy. Like I can't even begin to describe how busy I am. Constantly working. Then I have to try and somehow schedule you two bums together. <laughs> Never <laughs> works. We are rather difficult to schedule. Yep. You you fucking think of something and then you're off with the fairies for six hours. Hey. <laughs> Maybe so. But in positive news, I'm about to start medication in the next couple of weeks. So that's very exciting for everybody. Yes. There's no medication for what I have, though, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what a fat cock. That's the mo- what? No, there is, there, there is medication for fat cock. It's called tight pussy. <laughs> I, I I genuinely have nothing to add to the end of that statement. I think that is a perfect statement. You know those old school on the wall black and white motivational posters that were like early internet memes back in the day? Mm-hmm. That's one of those and it's a picture of a killer whale jumping out of the water or some shit. Of course. <laughs> it's a devotimational poster in a way. <laughs> so, what are we talking about? What did you and Josh talk about? That's what I want to know first. Well, well, let's kick the discussion off the same way we kicked off the discussion with Josh, and that was the NRL Grand Final. That happened about a week and a bit ago. Josh and I were still depressed when we were talking about it. Depression still hasn't gone for me, but hasn't gone for you yet. Okay. Look, I think I can sum up the NRL perfectly in in one statement. Fuck Nathan Cleary. He is that good. He's that good. Okay, so... I was supporting the Broncos, and I know that's a sin being a New South Welshman, but I feel like a lot of the state was kind of going, you know what, maybe change of guard, a three-peat is cool, but we don't want it because we only want a three-peat for our team. Exactly. Only the Chookies should have it. <laughs> or the Dragons. Nah, Dragons are like light years <laughs> away from a premiership, <laughs> let alone three. Nah, nah, Shane Flanagan's on board, man. I, I, big things are coming. Yeah, it's called Ben Hunt release. Oh, see, I was going to say it's another new coaching scandal, but anyway, we digress. I what? What would you say your makeup of the last? Because we all know that second half is the second half of the millennium. There's no better second half in rugby league football than that second half, right up until the last five minutes when Cleary run, runs over to win the game. Oh, it was awesome! It was. I mean, since COVID, NRL has been increasing in popularity, which has been fantastic. And one of the big things that can kill popularity in a sport is a dud grand final. You know what I mean? Like, AFL had Mm -hmm. an absolutely fantastic grand final too. I'll talk about that later. I actually watched that. Did you? I I was off work and I watched it. Very exciting for a game of AFL, man. Very exciting. But that second half might be the best 40 minutes of football I've ever actually watched live in my life. Mental. Eight, 18 minutes of sheer dominance from one player is what I like to put it down to. It was Nathan Cleary's masterpiece. Clearly, when he went back into the sheds at half time, his dad's turned around. I made this joke with Josh, and I'll make it with you. You know the, the crusty doll, the evil crusty doll from The Simpsons? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this is a problem. Someone said it to good, not ah, evil, not good. <laughs> yeah, someone set Nathan Cleary to New South Wales, not Penrith. Yeah, bro, seriously. That man literally just looked around at the field, looked around at the scoreboard and went, fuck it, I'll do it myself. And then proceeded to do it himself for the next 20 minutes. Like, yeah. I was devastated. 
I was devastated for Brisbane, and that's probably the only time I'll ever say that, except if there's a natural disaster. Aside from that, I was devastated. <laughs> Andy just gave me the face of like, that's probably going in the bin. <laughs> um, no, that that I'm just thinking to myself. I'm like, I don't think I'd feel bad for Brisbane if there was a natural disaster. <laughs> so, you know what? We'll leave that there. Um, Nathan Cleary <laughs> was absolutely flawless. I think Jack Cogger has a massive career ahead of him. When he came on the field after Luai went off, he was perfect as well. Um, it Everywhere you looked, there was just class and talent across the field. And I know that sounds like a cop-out answer, but I don't think there was a single player that played poorly. You know, Brisbane didn't get lost in the shock of their first grand final. They came out and they played really, really good footy. They moved the ball around enough to beat Penrith. And it was just Nathan Cleary doing, you know, we talk about this in motorsport. We talk about this in every sport. Every now and then, there is just a person who comes through who is genetically better than most other people. Nathan Cleary is one of them at the moment. He's a freak. I hope Penrith don't win anymore. Mm -hmm. I also think that Brisbane is probably going to come back next year. And I said this about Para last year, but I'm going to say it about Brisbane this year. I think Brisbane's going to come back pretty damn good next year as well because they are losing a few people, but I don't think they're losing enough to knock them out of like a top four finish again. They were that close. Yeah, but Parramatta didn't lose as many people as what Brisbane pr- probably are. And they I know. couldn't even make the finals. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't feel great about my early year prediction of what, where I saw the footy going. Because I think I was Warriors, Para. I did say Brizzy would do all right. Um, mm. Nights I was wrong about. Yeah, no, look, fantastic grand final. If you're listening and you haven't watched it, that's crazy because it's one of the main things we talk about. But please go and watch it. It's on KO in Australia. You can probably pirate it online too somewhere. I think it's like there's an NRL thing you can get overseas that allows you to watch it. Yep. I mean, great, great end to the season. I personally think the wrong team won, but still, absolutely fantastic. And uh, Ivan's interview at 6am the next day. (laughs) Oh, man, he was... It it rivaled SVG's interview last year after Bathurst. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of... His 6am interview... Oh damn! Yeah, Bathurst. Yeah, that was a that was a thing that happened. That was um, not a good one. Yeah, how year. did you how did you feel about it? Because I didn't feel good about it. It's Bathurst is always so complicated for me because it's it's one hundred and sixty one laps, so it's it's very long. It takes about five and a half ish hours, give or take six six and a bit this year. Six and a bit ish. I think I was doing, enjoying it right up until maybe the last 30 laps, maybe a little bit later when SVG just kind of gapped the field and then we went, oh, well, that's it. We just kind of had to wait for it to finish. Um, That being said, endurance racing is just fun in general and anything that happens at Bathurst is exciting. Yeah. It's not going to be remembered in history. It will be remembered in history for the first race of the new cars and that's it. I don't like those new cars. I think Bathurst has cemented that I'm with SVG on this. These new cars suck. Well, I was going to say, the dri- a lot of the drivers don't like the new cars either. 
And it's all to do with the fact that they've made them very, very, very difficult to drive this year. So I know they've removed front and rear anti-roll bar levers from the cockpit. You've only mm-hmm. just got your gears now. I know that the downforce has been reduced by, is it 33%? Something ridiculous like that. It's a significant he, drop in downforce. Actually, that's something that I want to bring up. Like in the pit stops, you notice mechanics under the car making changes to the rear and front anti-roll bars because they couldn't do it in the inside anymore. In fact, I, I want to say it was Dick Johnson's team that dropped the damn jacks before they'd even put the tire on that to put, pop it back up again. And I yep. think it was Scafey or Crompton. It was like, this is why you have the Gojacks in there to make sure this shit don't happen. Sort of thing. In, like, you know, a non-swearing way because that's what they have to do. <laughs> the, the most <laughs> enjoyable thing for Bathurst this year was Larko. Larko Always having is. the Hino hub and him just dumbing everything down to, like, just so that the common man can understand. Like, Renee, my partner, was sitting next to me. She wasn't watching the race. Like, she was doing work stuff, but she was just sitting there, and I'm just, you know, lying on the couch enjoying this, and she's just, in her mind, I, I can tell, she's like, how the fuck can you watch this shit? But when Larko came on and explained stuff, she saw, she got it, you know what I mean? Like, she was able to understand why it was so strategic with the way the fuel was run and why tires were such an important thing this year. Because at the end of the day, it was a tire race with a fuel aspect. That's how Very I felt. Because so. the f- it, it was about l- saving your tires enough. So when I think SVG said it in the the final, like he was getting interviewed after he won the race, he's like, "Yeah, man, I thought I could do two oh sixes, but I had to sit to two oh eights to make sure the tires lasted till the end of the race." It's like that's not right. That's not right about Bathurst. You should be full bore one hundred percent of the time. No fucking tire saving. Like, I agree. I think. To be fair, it's the first year of the new cars and the new regulations. It's always a finding out period for the sport. So I think their intention was correct with what they were trying to do. They were trying to mirror what a lot of the other premier motorsports have done, which is make the cars follow closer, make the cars harder to drive, really bring the skill back to the sport. Where I think they've gone wrong is removing some of those front end anti roll bars, you know, yes. It does create a performance advantage, but everybody has access to it. So it's an equal performance advantage. And what it actually gives the drivers is the ability to make better racing because then they are able to be gentler on the tires. If your car is moving exactly how you want it, you're putting less wear on the rubber. If you're able to fiddle through the corners, you're able to be faster and faster. I think the aero changes are fine. Um... We've seen that in F1, the biggest motorsport on the planet at the moment, where they've really changed how the aerodynamics work to make the cars follow closer. It's been a more competitive season for sure, but it needs to be done in conjunction with the drivers as well. I um, We're both big SVG fans, so we kind of listen to what he's saying here and go, you know what, take a little bit out of this. He is leaving the sport, though. Yeah, but he's leaving the sport not because he wants to leave the sport, because he, he can't stand the cars anymore. Yeah. That's what so I that's what I genuinely think. If the cars were to his liking and the racing was still like it was twelve months ago, I don't think SVG goes to NASCAR next year. He'd stay, but the the problem is is he's so unhappy with these cars and you've got to consider that he was robbed of a fucking race win early in the very first race because of bullshit. Two of them. As they got disqualified for the weekend. See, that's a load of shit to begin with, and it's already starting your champion off on the wrong foot. Of course he was going to look for an, an alternative thing, and he's found it in NASCAR, which 
All power to him. He's going to fucking kill it over there because the man can drive the balls <laughs> off anything. They, they mention it. He can drive rally. He can drive off-road, GT, fucking open wheelers. Can't all drive it all. You know what I mean? And, and he yeah. takes it to Max Verstappen on the simulator too. Exactly. I think, I think fucking Max calls him pasta. Like pasta Maldonado because they're always crashing into each other. Yeah, was well, the only person who's ever near him <laughs> on the on the sim. Exactly. So it, it's a shame that because I really like SVG, I didn't to begin with because he was a Ford driver. But then he, you know, he went to the right the right side of the garage, the Holdens, and now Camaros, which is a whole other thing that I don't like. I know you've never been a fan of that. I do like. And here's my take on it. I wish it was still holding Ford. I wish we as a country and a sport found a way to maintain heritage, chassis and things like that. We have the technology to use a very often quoted line to maintain Mm. that. However, here's what I like about the Camaros. They look so fucking intimidating next to the um, Fords. (laughs) Mustangs, yeah, the horse one. Um, They look like... That muscle body type they have is stunning to me. Doesn't add anything to the sport apart from me going, that looks sick. I would still agree with you that we could have found a way to maintain some I of the older think, ones. I understand the whole thing GM did, that, that the Commodore wasn't selling as much. Same as the Falcon, they weren't selling as much. So they they discontinued them. I understand that. I don't like the fact that because... Holden, a brand, stopped selling. I, I don't think it was selling as bad as Falcons were. But GM's like, oh, we don't want to put money into this. We're just going to kill it. It's like, no, why don't you sell it off to an Australian company? Fucking we want Holden back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, showed, it shows on the mountain too. When they were fucking at the top of the mountain, did you see a single come out? Oh, Chevy flag? No, you've seen fucking Holden flags because that's who goes there to watch it. Bogan... Bogan Australians who love nothing more than their red Holdens or blue Fords. And I'm the biggest Ford hater. And even I'm like, I'd rather see Holden versus Ford than fucking Camaro V Mustang. It just doesn't feel Australian anymore. It's the Australian supercar series, not the fucking American supercar series. I agree, man. Look, I've got nothing more to add to that because I I agree. And I remember originally at the start of the year, I kind of thought you wanted it a little bit, but I think that was me kind of wanting to believe that it was going to be the exact same. It's not. It's not. Visually, it's not. It doesn't feel the same. Passion-wise, it's not. However, the racing has still been very good. Supercars is a fantastic sport to watch as a consumer of media because it's a mix of some long races, it's a mix of some sprints, and... They smash into each other all the fucking time. It's brilliant. That's what. Re- that's actually one thing Renee couldn't believe because she's only ever seen me watching Formula One. And if you touch a Formula One car or another, Osama bin Russell G had you into a into a barrier somewhere. But she was like watching these guys get up again, get in each other's grill and push them off the track and stuff. She's like, "Is that allowed?" I'm like, "Absolutely, it's encouraged." <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, yeah, it fucking. The it's answer great. is yes. But also no, but there's a limit that you'll get in trouble for. So you've got to figure out what the limit is and then you're allowed to smash your way up to the limit. <laughs> also, it was seven laps after I, uh, Macaulay Jones got into the car that him and Jack Smith had a crash. 
Bro. Seven <laughs> laps. <laughs> it's just... So, Macaulay Jones is the son of Brad Jones, Brad one Jones. of the team owners. Jack Smith races for Brad Jones Racing. And no, no. Actually, I found this out from my dad, and it's the only time I'll ever admit, okay, yeah, that actually sounds fair. He drives a car run by his, like, he leases the license from Brad Jones, but it's all his team. He just leases the car and the, the license from the Brad Jones racing outfit. Everything else is him and his, his dad's money. What does his dad do? Does he own SCT Logistics he, or something? It, yeah, he owns the logistics team that sponsors him. And I think it was his nephews racing in like F3 or something. It's like, I fucking hate that kid. <laughs> just because I see the STG. I'm just like, you, you're related to that dickhead Jack Smith. You are fucked. It's, oh, I, I mean, okay. Here's the thing, right? We don't like them because they're always crashing into each other and wasting time and doing that sort of thing. But I do like having them in the sport and them not being competitive because it, it's comfortable, man. You turn on a race, you go, oh, not much is happening. You look at the timing sheet and you go, oh, they're right down near the end. I'll give it five minutes, something. And then it cuts to them crashing into each other. It's happened like yep. six times this year. <laughs> it's like having two Lance Strolls in a race. <laughs> so I, um, yeah. Bathurst, look, Bathurst is always going to be sacred. This one wasn't as good as it could have been. Let's no. hope there's some changes for next year because well, they've triggered they've triggered the parody thing. So at the end of the year, both the Camaro and the Mustang will be put through a big rigorous aero testing in a wind tunnel this time because that's that didn't happen when they first homogulated these cars. That's why they had to down tune the Mustang, which is causing all this parody bullshit and Ford being like, oh, I'm going to back out because our car's not quick. No, you fucking... If they had done the homogulation with Tickford instead of DJR, I reckon this wouldn't be happening right now and the cars would be competitive. DJR is fantastic. Oh, DJR no. is fucking... The oh, only wait, wait. reason they went to... That's not what I meant to say. Tickford is fantastic. <laughs> Yes, Tickford is fantastic. The only reason, I guarantee this is the reason they went fucking DJR, because they got him in because he had all that success with that cunt from fucking New Zealand. Yeah. And I'm leaving that in. Yeah, yeah, I because know. he had all that success, and keep in mind, Penske pulled him out two fucking years ago. But they were and still took like, the oh, money and ran. Just, yeah, took the money in the kid and ran. Fucking... That's why they went DJL. It was like, well, they've, they've been the most successful Ford team recently. They better, they better be the ones to do it. No, the most successful Ford team with Ford money is Tickford Racing. Full stop, hands down. Fucking fuck Dick Johnson Racing. And I say that from love because some of their cars have been absolutely fantastic over the years. Oh, yeah, just, they've always been pretty they, damn they good. Gave, they gave a fucking car to Scott McLaughlin and fuck him. Never <laughs> forgive him. Never he was so good. Him. He was so good, the prick. He was so good. He actually made the sport hard He's to the watch Penrith for a couple Panth of years. Penrith Panthers are the fucking V8 supercars. Yeah, the Tom Brady of motorsport in Australia, the prick. Uh, so, I'm not going to say anything about the cricket because I'm not watching that shit. That's you and Joshy. So, I hope you guys spoke about the cricket. Well, actually, can I just follow up with what we said? So, probably about 15, 20 minutes ago in this episode... Josh and I were discussing the, the changes that need to happen. And anyway, two changes happened last night. Guess what happened? 
Were Nothing. Right? We still fucking lost. <laughs> no. <laughs> still fucking lost. Oh, it was a record no. loss for Australia in a World Cup. So I was like, I don't care anymore. Josh can watch it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fuck cricket. Well, good news then, man. New summer sports for Australians are here because American winter sports have begun, which means ice hockey's back on the cards. Fuck oath. Golden, the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup last year in their sixth year. That was, a good, the, that was a good series. Yeah. I very yeah, much yeah, enjoyed yeah. that. Oh, awesome, man. Awesome. They um, Their owner, when he bought the team to Vegas, essentially came out and said, I'm going to win the Stanley Cup in six years, and they did. Mm. I watched the most of the opening game. I got halfway through it. I need to finish the end of it tonight. Um, they did an awesome ceremony at the beginning, kind of, of raising the banner, welcoming the team out. It was like, we're talking like hardcore dubstep, fucking smoke machines, a massive entryway with flashing lights. And like ice hockey is just such a brutal, brutal sport. It's the best sport. <laughs> it's up there, man. And they've added something to the broadcast, which I think is Absolutely phenomenal. They now have, and I don't know if it's AI or if it's a production assistant doing this, whoever has the puck has a visual name tag appear above them in the broadcast so you know who has the puck at all times. That's kind of good. That's good. So it's like a video game in a way. Yes, yes, exactly like that. And it doesn't get in the way. It's really, really well done. And it is lightning quick. I'm talking like maybe at max between five tenths to a second delay. That's kind of good. I like that. Yep. So it's back. I do believe Vegas went over the top of the Seattle Kraken. And these are the two newest teams in the league. So Seattle mm-hmm. came in two years ago. Vegas came in. This is their seventh year now. So they came in six years ago. Uh, awesome. If you've never really delved into ice hockey, give it a watch. Here's what will sell you on it. They're moving at about, I don't know, probably 60 Ks an hour on the ice. They're in full body armor. You're allowed to fight people. And it's one of the few sports where the object, so the puck or the ball, leaving the bounds of the field isn't seen as an exciting thing. Because in baseball, it's very exciting if you catch a fly ball. In the Premier League, if the ball comes to you, it's very exciting. You have to give it back. Same for NRL, most sports. If the puck goes over the glass in hockey, you see thousands of people duck under their seats to not get hit in the face. And you can normally tell where the puck landed because the camera will cut to some dude with an ice pack and blood all over his head because it's taking (laughs) his front teeth out. Brilliant. (laughs) And And that's it. That's the sport. And they've got razor blades on their feet. That just makes it more entertaining. It's the best. It is genuinely such a fun sport to watch. The only problem is KO's bitrate isn't really great. So you don't no. really know where the fucking puck is at any time <laughs> at any time, except for the name tag now this year. So I only got nice hockey in the Stanley Cup last year. But I'm definitely going to be watching more of it this year. Who do you think I should support? Okay. Because, uh, so I, if I went by my normal way to pick it, I play the latest ice hockey game, which is, well, NHL 24 is coming out soon. But what I do is I create a character and whichever team he gets drafted to, that's the team I support. 
Right, well, that's how I picked my team, so I go for the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> okay, so in theory then, then I should go for the New Jersey Devils. Good team to support, man. Fun team. I would Fun also, team. however, I feel like we should have a podcast team to support, and mm-hmm. I want to play you a video. I'll share you the screen, and I want you to watch this video of why I think we should both support the New York Rangers. Um, can you see that? Yes, I can. I see Jack's uh, a oh his algorithm is also giving him a lot on Islam and yes, <laughs> and stuff at the moment. <laughs> Have you got sound? So it's very jumpy, but the fans look insane. All right, what I want you to do is Google that and watch that and listen to the sound, and then we'll keep talking. So we'll take a little break. Oh, no, what is it? New York goal fan experience. New York Rangers goal fan experience. I just typed in goal fan experience. It was the second thing that came up. This is kind of insane. <laughs> it's fantastic, isn't it? That's great. I like that. So the thing in hockey is every home team, when they have a score, the horns go off. And sometimes yep. there's a separate ritual or song or something that they do. And I think the New York Rangers one is just so hyped up because they're all like singing along and waving the towels yep. and just getting up and excited about the whole thing. I only know about that because... In one of the more recent games, I got drafted to the Rangers first. I was going to play my way up to go into Colorado. And I had a bit of crisis of faith where I'm like, I don't know, man, this song is... Because I was playing shooter, of course, as a forward. And I was scoring some pretty good goals. But then I also own a custom Colorado Avalanche jersey with my name on it. So I'm like, i got to stick with the Avs because they're actually good too. They're like a good team. Yeah, yeah no, I think I came up against them in my finals run. When I got to the finals of my New York Devils, New Jersey Devils, sorry, run. It was me and the Avalanche in the finals. And I fucking beat them. Yeah, well, <laughs> Vegas beat them last year too, so. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ice hockey's back on. I'll be watching a fair bit of that. It's an act- it's an exciting sport and I enjoy it. Yeah, we're about a week out from my, my summer sport starting up. Is that EPL again? Nah, NBA. EPL's been running for a while now. It's been well, that's good, what I mean. I thought they might have been on a break. They are. This week's uh, break. They're on break for the next week and a bit, which is a bit shit. But NBA is back soon. All your Chicago Bulls news will be coming through me. All the depression. <laughs> all the sadness because it's they're running it back. I don't know why they think this is going to work, but they've gone, hey, we didn't make the finals last year. Let's run it back. Same big three, same terrible team. Fucking can't wait. 
As long as the commentators won. are the same, I'm okay with Stacey that. Stacey King is still there. Stacey King and Adam Amin are still there. They're the two best commentators in the NBA because they're biased <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking brilliant to watch, man, especially Stacey, because as soon as something goes unfair, he stops being a commentator and be an angry fan with a microphone for the next half an it's hour. It's great. It's great. I love it. It's the most entertaining thing you can do. It, it actually depresses me when they get on TNT and, um, you know, like Shaq and that get to be part of the broadcast because you don't have Stacey and Adam there. You have to have which the is, TNT broadcasters. Which is saying something considering how good the TNT broadcast is. Like, they're, the, they're, they're hilarious, that group. Kenny the Jet, I, Charles. I, I love all four of those guys together. I think they're the best best analysis team out there. I just want the in-game commentary, Stacey King and Adam Amin. Yeah, that's all I want. I just want my bulls. I just want my bulls commentators. Then you cut to the TNT guys at halftime. I don't want the fucking TNT guys the whole game. They're not funny. The commentators aren't funny for the NBA. The the halftime show is. It's fucking great. I think my favorite favorite one ever is not the San Diego girl single with um, Charles Barkley. The best thing he ever did was when he, the the single double. With uh, <laughs> the triple single, the triples, yeah, yeah, triple single. <laughs> Lonzo Ball had his triple single, yeah. and Shaq lost it. Triple yeah. single, a triple single. He's like, yeah. well, he's playing. He's like, did he? <laughs> that was just so brutal. Ah, uh, oh. he's great. But, oh, I just love the way they fuck with Charles. Oh man, they just they 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 get him so good every time, and of course San Antonio women. Oh, bro. All of it is just fantastic. So let's do a quick little chat about the AFL Grand Final because we both yep. watched that. And I'm, a, I'm I an the actual AFL fan. So I'm not, but I was like, oh, Brisbane's in both. I'm going to go for Brisbane and hope for the best because they were playing the Magpies Ugh. and they play, and Brisbane played the Panthers next night. Two teams I don't like. Yeah, and I'm not an AFL fan, but I know I don't like Collingwood. <laughs> yeah, it's the rule. It's the rules, right? Like, you're not, uh, and I was going to point this out. You're not an AFL fan, and you still know that you have too many dental dental features in your mouth to support that shit house team. Exactly, which is my dad's team, and I'd like to point out that yes, he does have teeth. They're fake. <laughs> the real yeah. ones aren't there, and that's what matters. So but, what did you make of it? Because I think Brisbane ran out of steam in the fourth quarter. Okay, that's so, what I think happened. That's what I genuinely think happened. Brisbane, I read it as Brisbane just ran out of steam, and Collingwood picked up the pieces. Yeah, look, I I think a couple of things. First of all, is probably the best AFL Grand Final in maybe fifteen twenty years. Um, in particular, the last two or three have been very, very one-sided affairs. And I'm talking like a difference of 50 to 60 points. Yeah, this one was only 10 points, wasn't it? Or something this like was, that. yeah, it was, by the end it was either 8 or 10 points, but those last points were scored in the last minute. Like yeah, it went down like, to the final minute of play. And that rarely, rarely happens in any sport. Up until even that last kind of handover turnover exchange that happened between Brisbane and Collingwood towards the end, it was like if Brisbane can get this ball away quick cleanly, they can win this. And then it was yep. just smothered and kept messy play for long enough that they couldn't get the ball back up the field. I looking at it, I think 
I don't think Brisbane ran out of steam as much. I think Collingwood figured them out about 15 minutes earlier than Brisbane figured out Collingwood and realised that if they can keep it messy and scrappy in the middle, Collingwood has better clearance and a better ability to take marks on the fly. I think they just figured them out early because Brisbane didn't give up. It just looked like they were kind of getting suffocated in the middle between the 50s, right? Once they could get the ball into their 50, they were scoring every single time. It just mm-hmm. seemed like Collingwood was able to swarm the players around the mark and keep it messy and dirty for long enough that the clock eventually ran out. Here's the big question, though. Are you going to pick a team for next year? No. <laughs> I only... So here, here's the thing. I only put it on because I was home alone. There was nothing else to do. And I knew, I knew it was on. So I just chucked it on while I was doing some housework. Fair. Fair. Well, I'm glad that's that the you only reason AFL it game, went on. It's the best one that's happened in 20 years. It's not my first AFL game. It's just the first one I've like avidly kept an eye on. Like I've wa- I watched AFL as a kid. I just don't enjoy it. It's crap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fun. It's not, it's not it's as footy. fun as league. But what I want to talk about the the, the pregame shows real quick for okay. both. So, are you aware of who was the headliners for both? Both the NRL and the AFL Grand Finals, without telling me who they were, I was Do you know or no. At the time, I think I've forgotten, but go on anyway. So for the NRL Grand Final, which happened the day after the AFL Grand Final, their pre-match entertainment was going and getting the cast of Tina the Musical to play some of Tina Turner's greatest hits. Fair enough. But when you compare it to what the AFL did, this is a piece of shit. Because fucking AFL got Kiss. See, I'm going to disagree. Kiss Rock. No, I'm going to disagree. It. Kiss was way better. I no, watched both. Kiss. Kiss was Tina. a better one. No, Tina's better than Kiss. I'm, th- I'm going out there. Okay, but have you actually seen the shows? Because what the, the NRL one looked like was something that happens at your local RSL on a Saturday night. I'm going to say it was the most produced NRL pregame show ever. But it was still kind of like baby's first Super Bowl attempt. It did have a bit of it a vibe. It was terrible. It was terrible. It did have a bit of a vibe. I can't knock the actual performers in question, though. She nailed Tina perfectly. And when Simply the Best came on, you felt it too. You can't deny that you didn't feel uh, something. Yeah, well, no, because all no, because all that went through my mind was how the fuck is this the pregame entertainment when fucking Kiss was at the AFL one the day before? A rock group that actually rocked and is tenure over a musical. Uh, what would you? What are they called? A stage production? No, the word for when they they um copy someone. Cover. Like cover. Yeah, a co- a cover musical group. You do raise a good point, and there is a lot of You've validity got a, in it. A, a, a forty-plus year rock band that has toured the world and absolutely killed it. They killed it on the Saturday and then the Sunday it's just an RSL cover band. <laughs> that, that is the way it looked. That is the way it looked. I don't care if it looks super produced and stuff. It was 40-year veterans and an RSL cover band. <laughs> As I said, man, it's very hard to do. When you state it like that, it's very hard to poke fine at. I think the only reason I'm on the RSL cover band side here is just because I have a severe, severe 
vitriol towards Gene Simmons. I can't stand fucking Gene Simmons. <laughs> Why? Because he's got more pussy than you ever have. Well, that, first of all, that would mean I can't stand most of the fucking people on this planet, Andrew. So that's clearly not the case. All right. Second, he also second has the same haircut as you. <laughs> you know what? And we're both pretty fat now, too. So I have a lot more in common <laughs> with Gene Simmons than I ever had before. Um, so if you're out there, hit me up. Bunny. Yeah, but okay. Anyway. Valid point. Valid point. Uh, let's let's wrap this up with a discussion of the big news that dropped earlier in the show. Volk. Volk. Eleven day turnaround and he's gonna fight Makachev. So I genuinely believe that the reason he put his hand up is because he knew how to beat him last time. He's still out of that weight class. He's ready to go like I think this is actually more in Volk's favour than it is in Makachev's favour because Volk's fighting the same dude. Makachev now has spent this whole time in camp getting ready to fight Oliveira, who is one of the best grapplers ever. He's okay at striking, but you know what I mean? He was His whole preparation for this event has been about, okay, how am I going to beat Oliveira? Volk came back after his loss and absolutely towed up Yair Rodriguez, right? He's had nothing mm. going on. Everything has been about getting that man ready for the rematch. He's been ready since the second Makachev's hand got raised last time because 10 more seconds, he would have won that fight. Even some of the biggest commentators in the world in MMA, so, you know, Joey Diaz, Joe Rogan, that crew, all went, yeah, Volk actually won that. We think he won that. So, but do you think an eleven-day prep is enough to get your body ready to fight Makinjev? Yes, because I don't think Volk ever fully goes out of shape. He, I, because he's fighting up that weight class, right? He's already up in that weight area. His cardio is already brilliant. Yes, it might be more beneficial with a bit more time just to make sure you're you're perfectly ready. But game plan wise, that's already ready. Fitness wise, yep, probably not a hundred percent, but I think Volk's better than him anyway and he could beat him. I, I think Volk's gonna come out on top. I don't think he would have thrown his hand up for this if him and his camp weren't one hundred percent confident. Because he doesn't have to take this fight. This is an option. He volunteered that I just would find it very, very weird if they took it and been like, oh, yeah, he's going to jump in and do it. Volk is already a world champion. He only has things to lose by taking this fight. Normally, when we see someone step in a fight at the last minute, it's someone who's up and coming who's like, this can be my shot at the big time or this can be you know, solidifying my legacy as a top 10 contender. Even if I lose this, it earns me a rematch. None of that applies here. It would just... It would make no sense from that team, which has been so good for so long in the decisions and the fights they've taken and the prep they've done, for them to make an error now. Yeah. I just I just don't think 11 days is enough because he's also got to fly to Abu Dhabi and acclimatize to the time differences and stuff. But he's going to put Varela on the map if he wins this. This will be the, this will be the fight to watch. And it's on... 5 a.m. in this country on Sunday next week. Yeah, uh, my housemate, I've already bought the pay-per-view. We're watching it. 
Yeah, I'm considering it. Josh and I were really considering it. Well, if you're really considering it and you want to get up at four o'clock and come down, you're more you're more than welcome to, bro. <laughs> so I think that's where we're going to leave it for this afternoon because it's a it's a bit of a double parter. It wasn't how we intended to finish the year, but from myself and all the boys, even though we're all separate at this point, thank you so much for joining us on our new show this year. It's meant the world to us and it always does. We know we haven't delivered the content that we've wanted to and we that we know we can hit and move forward on. So we're taking a month or two off. We're all going to come up with some ideas, re-engage with that creative side that we want to bring to the show and find out a way to continue to live to deliver better and better content throughout the years. So if you have spent a, a small amount of time with us this year, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We couldn't do this without you and we'll be back next year bigger, better, funnier, Andy will probably be crankier because the Bulls will be doing shit. They always do. I'll be better because I'll actually be medicated and able to focus. And Josh is just Josh. You know, he's just going to do whatever redheads do. They're a mystery to all of us. But thank you so much, and we will see you next year. Also, follow us on our social medias. At Bums on the Bench. <laughs> <laughs>